You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is a very special on principle, and I say it's very special because I think anything that it concerns the present very special matzav, and especially addressing it, is clearly something special. And, and I hope that months from now, we'll be able to look back at the stress and the difficulty of this time period and still be able to learn something about how we managed, how we coped, what we did. And I'm here with Rabbi John Kroll, one of our very, very frequent guests. And by the way, by this is, I think, our 93rd show. Can you believe that, John? Wow. 93 on principles. I still haven't gotten my raise to become a principal. I'd like to say that I'm probably on about 5% of those shows. We are obviously still in the midst within a month of one of the most brutal massacres in Jewish history. And John Kroll, who is, of course, the principal of Salanter Akiva Riverdale, otherwise known as SAR High School, one of the most premier schools in North America, uh, I think everybody would, would admit. And John, you've just returned from a trip to Israel. So let's talk about, first of all, why did you go and when was it decided you should go? And you know, talk about that trip for me. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I had, uh, I think it was the week after Simchas Torah, I was davening Marv and I said to myself, I, it feels like I just got to go. I don't know what was drawing me, but it was like, it, it just felt like there was so much happening in Eretz Yisrael and I needed to get there just to have my feet on the ground and to be with people and to see people. And something was drawing me there. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more. and realized we have a lot of alumni who are learning in yeshiva seminaries, living in Israel, and also a lot of alumni who are st- serving the army, some actively, some who are on Miluim. And I-, I felt like I can actually perhaps go there and make something of a difference, like show uh, support, chizuk, give, give people hugs. I you know, feel like perhaps... You know, uh, seeing that people in Chutzlaaretz care about them I was just there for two days. I was there from I was there all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and came back uh, Wednesday morning. So, so this was not uh, a decision made by the board of SAR or by your co Rosh Hashiva, the illustrious Tully Hardstark. I wouldn't say I like hid the decision from anybody, but I, I, you know, I, I went along with me also. Rabbi Benny Kraus is the principal. Uh, of, of lower school also went. We were like operating together for those two days, but uh, again, leadership um, was supportive of it, but it was not a, uh, we need to send Kroll to the front lines right now. Or or we need Kroll to go to see our alumnus. It was something that was hatched into in your fertile mind. But it was, it was really, I will tell you, it was, I say with a caveat, except for, of course, major life cycle events of my own family and children. Uh, it was Really, two of the greatest days of my life. I, I had, they were great, just absolutely fantastic, nonstop, jam packed excitement and, you know, fulfillment, uplifting. And it was just wonderful. So, obviously, you know, you, you know, you need to sketch that itinerary in a yeah. way that you could make the most. And I assume the reason why it was such a short trip was because of how crucial your presence is in terms of the day to day running of SAR, right? Well, I, I detect a bit of sarcasm. There, no, I, I can't. <laughs> a bit of sarcasm. I think. Listen, you know, I think every conversation we have is laced with it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, I would say this: I do have a job. Uh, I, I do, did feel like I, you know, I didn't want to, you know, abandon that for too long. Uh, but yeah, I guess I had to be. I wanted to be back. I, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not really 
my cynicism and sarcasm because, you know, you know, you know, I have a great regard for you and your talents. And it wasn't really about that. It was about it's a it's a very difficult trip. Yeah. Unless the high rollers in SAR, you know, let you go uh, first class. It's a it's a difficult gut. It's a hard it's a it's a difficult trip to sit in the back there. And the seats are definitely and it's not just that we our waistlines have gotten bigger. The seats are are smaller. They do pack more people into planes. It is a tough trip. And and, and I need I'm telling you again, I'm, I, I've got about you know, I've got 10 years on you a little bit more. It takes me time to recover. I could never do such a whirlwind trip. I was, t- I was totally, totally exhausted. But I'll tell you, it was so short of a period of time that I was there. It was like, it's also, it was just very invigorating. I'll give you a little bit of a sketch of like the kinds of things it did. The parts that were, you know, kind of like, I'd say regular and the kinds of things I typically do, it was nice to see, you know, boys and girls who were learning in yeshivas and seminaries. That was wonderful, but that's typical. I do that every year. Love to see them. They're doing great. It was very interesting to hear that, you know, um, again, a number of kids have gone back uh, to have gone back to America, but not a lot. It was more, you know, I'd say a handful of boys and about a, a higher percentage of the girls have gone home. But the ones who were in Israel just felt very proud to be there. It felt like they were, knew that they were living through something very historic. And that was nice. But the part that was like so I'd say uplifting, we had the opportunity to go visit kid, graduates who are, you know, on army bases. We have formed a, we, had what's, we have about 75 kids who are currently serving. And, and we, uh, as one of the highlights, we, we on, on Monday, we were able to go all the way up north, you know, really far up north into the, into the Golan Heights to meet with a, one of our graduates who is Serving there as the commander of a, of an, I think it's an artillery unit up there. You, you know, you mentioned this to me yesterday in Afpad. I said to you, I would have been saying Tfilos Haderach with my hands on the steering wheel, like in a, with white knuckles. And you, you went, maybe, maybe it's because you were so uh, jet lagged and so out of it. I'm not sure how, like, you know, uh, how smart it was, but again, it, there were no sirens and they kept asking people, they let us go. And they, can you, can we go past this checkpoint? Yeah, sure. Go, go. I said, I'm, oh, I'm the guy's principal. Okay, sure. Go say hi to him. I'll tell you, it is a great thing. And, and, and I felt this as well, you know, in my recent trip, every single checkpoint I go through, my eyes well up in tears, just seeing those young wonderful uh, Chayalim and going through there. And also I am so happy that they know that this, you know, old middle-aged guy is not a terrorist. You know what I'm saying? They don't, yeah. have, they don't have to ask you. They know there's an yeah. innate understanding. Okay. You have to wait a little bit till you get through the checkpoint. But when they look at you, they know, they yeah. know. And that sort of inherent understanding that I am Amcha, Anybody who's gone through the sort of the banal Gehenna that is t- the TSA, and then you go through the checkpoint to and, and where, where where it's life and death, and they know they look at you. Maybe it's because they have some super in- intel on your car and they know exactly everything about you. Maybe there's a chip in your brain that you're not aware about, but I don't think that's the case. I think there's just an, uh, there's a sense of understanding that this is a Jew from Chutzlords. This is not a threat. This is one of our people. And when you see those heavily armed soldiers allow you to pass by, you feel these, you're my, I got you, man. I, you know, it's, you got my back. I don't know if that, that's the way I feel. Listen, the other thing I thought was really interesting. We, um, is we, we, we had tons of supply. We had 15 duffel bags full of stuff, you know, food, uh, 
you know, energy bars, beef jerky. Like I have hundreds of pounds of beef jerky to give it out to these guys. Wow. They loved it. That was all good and wonderful. You know what they loved more than anything else? Letters from little kids. They, I cannot overstate just how much everywhere we went, the Chayalim loved getting letters that, you know, little kids, middle school kids, high school kids wrote showing up their appreciation for what the Chayalim are doing. That really set in to motion this like this series of emotions where you have these chayalim are feeling like so proud that they're representing not just the israelis who are you know whose lives they're saving and protecting but also by extension the whole of klal yisrael right I I, I I i again this was a message that i felt it was palpable and i articulated it to every soldier that i saw that you are you represent all of us Every single Jew around the world. On Tuesday, last Tuesday, we we went Monday. We went north. Tuesday, we went south. We we're down by the Gaza border near. Oh boy, near, near the Rafiah crossing in like right down by Egypt. Uh, we were down at this really at this army base down there. Um, we had just seen a few SAR kids at a different base in the middle of the Negev. So you did. You didn't need a special type of diplomatic clearance to go through there. Our diplomatic clearance. We had a uh, a van. And I said politely, I was walking around on army bases. So you were actually near the killing fields. I'd say as a pipe, we did not go to those kibbutzim, but they, because we, we did have some, some soldiers, um, some, you know, who were stationed at those, uh, on some kibbutzim we'd heard about. Those we weren't able to get there. Those kibbutzim, we were at like, you know, a few miles from there. So I'd say, you know, we could see Gaza. I saw Gaza in the distance from where we were. We were nearby. You must have heard the planes. You must have heard the planes overhead. We heard the planes. You see a lot. You know, I saw a lot of, like, you know, we saw tanks, armored, you know, armored personnel carriers. I'll tell you one thing. You know, we got there on Tuesday. We pulled up to this, one of these army bases that's really close to Gaza. And we walk in and we're bringing our bags of, you know, duffel bags of beef jerky and energy bars and all that stuff. And as we're pulling up, I see the, you know, off in the distance, like maybe a hundred yards from me, I see a, uh, looks like there's a mincha minion about to, about to start. And I'm like, oh, I haven't, I didn't have a mincha yet. Great. I run over there, catch the mincha minion. And it's like 25 chayalim and this like schlepper from America looks like an American guy, not in the mountain, not in uniform. No one knows what I'm doing there. And I'm looking at this minion and it's some guys who are clearly like B'nai Yeshiva and it's other guys who are, nominally dati other guys who look like they're not dati at all and then i'm and i'm starting to down from, I, was, I, I cannot tell you it was the best shmonestra i think i ever had in my life i i felt like i am i'm looking at these guys and i got tears in my eyes like you guys are what a, what a what a zechus it is for me to be able to join you in davening you're da like what kind of kavanas these guys must be having right now as they know they're entering gaza and to have the ability to just daven with my own mundane requests and the things i'm thinking about in my own shmonesre to have them be you know mitstarif with their tefillah. It was, it was just, it was a very moving i was whole time as you said you always tears in your eyes i i was like well my tears Eyes welling up with tears everywhere I went. Can, can you imagine the? I don't know if they did a chazara sashats, but the modem the rabbanon shechisonu vikiam tonu v'sasayf guliyosenu. I mean, that's what it is. The truth yeah. is, is that he kept us alive. He's giving us kiyum, and uh, this was, you know, this hopefully is a step in in, in the kibbutz goliyos. So these were actually people you didn't even know 
Those guys did, and that, and that minion, I didn't know anybody in that minion. And um, and and like Santa Lahavdul, you were just handing out, you know, you had to get to everybody. Now you said, of course, the some of the SAR kids uh, had gone home, um, and the ones who had stayed. It's not like they needed your moral support, but they were happy to hear how proud you were of them yes. that they were staying. Yeah, I think so. I ran into a uh, somebody when I was there um, in Israel last week, a friend of mine who's a psychologist who had, had a good insight. He said, listen, family, kids kids who have gone home, you're not supposed to judge them. Everyone has their own reasons. There are cheshbonot that you know, make sense. You, could, do not, you can't make kids who went home feel bad but you can make the kids who stayed feel great. And that's like, you know, that was the goal. I mean, it was like just to hear how they're feeling. I wanted to know, are they feeling nervous? Are they feeling scared? Are they feeling threatened? Is there safety, physical, emotional? What's it, What are the yeshivas doing for them? It was interesting to learn that, but it certainly also felt really important to like tell them that they're, they're awesome. So how was school altered? Um, you know, I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure there was obviously a, a you know a, a sense of shock um, and and tefillos. Give me a sense of things. You can't really compare the first day and the first week to that which happened afterwards. People, I will tell you about the first week first. And you know, really, the we brought everybody together. The first the first school starts with everybody in the auditorium and like kind of like a tehillim davening. Uh, sharing with what actually happened, not assuming that every single kid in the school knows uh, exactly what had been taking place. Talked about that, share that, and, and I'm telling you, no. And then we have, then we would do, you know, usually on a typical day, there are about, you know, I don't know, twenty different minyanim in the school for mincha. Not everybody does mincha together, but for the first two weeks we came back, we daven mincha every day together, the entire school in our auditorium, which isn't, which is an unusual thing to do. We don't to do that only on special, very special occasions. But we thought it was important to put something in place that showed that things are different. And we would daven minchot together. Somebody would share divrei chizuk, maybe a video. Before we had tehillim, hatikva, singing achenu. It was incredibly intense. And I'll tell you, again, I would. There are a lot of wonderful things about you know SAR High School. I'm very proud of a lot of the things that go on. I would say you know on a typical day, if you're looking for the most kavanah filled, like, you know, daven, you could possibly have on a typical day, I would say, don't show up for mincha. I mean, like, hey, it's not like mincha on, on a, an SAR on a typical Monday afternoon is like, you know, something to write home about. It's nice, it's fine, whatever. But I would say that during those times when you had the entire school together, 670 kids davening, you did not have to work hard to keep quiet. People were having long shmonasres, People were davening with Kavana. It was um, a very proud moment, and it was very intense. It felt like tremendous, tremendous Kavana in the tefillah, and it was. And the kids knew that this is a historic. This is a historic moment, and that our tefillahs can matter here. And they and they need and we and what we need to do is daven. Did you did you add a vino malkeno? We added it. We've been saying Avinu Malkeinu at Shacharis and Mincha. And my Shacharis minion made the decision. Somebody, I heard they were doing this in some place in, in Israel, where um, instead of saying the part out loud that you typically say out loud in shul, as it says in the Siddur, we started saying out loud the part from Aseleman Tivuchim Al Yehudah the part at the end, which feels like it's describing much more our scenario. Where it doesn't feel like that appropriate to say out loud, like, well, like you know, like, is not what we're like, you know, 
aiming for right now, but it's Although I, I you know, I, I, I've discussed in this with Rabbi Yosef Karel Bechafer's younger brother, Yochanan, and we were discussing uh, on, 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 a, on a different program that's on this platform that we need to take a message from these events, especially as they occurred on Shemini Atzeres, he opined, that we missed the boat, this Yom Anoroyim, that the Hasima was not the Hasima we wanted. Maybe perhaps, you know, saying the Avinu Malkeinu, even with the stuff that you usually say during Yom Anoroyim, is sort of indicator that, you know what, your Yom Anoroyim were not the Yom Anoroyim that you thought. So I think there is something even about saying, even about saying those saying, you know, we have not passed it. We are still in Yemei Hadin and we definitely are trying to do tshuva. But I do, I do agree that, uh, you know, emphasizing the emotional yeah. parts. And again, look, the, the truth is, as I, as I said to his brother, Tachnun itself is chock full of verses and pleas to God, which very much reflect our situation. I mean, there's never been a, a clearer demonstration of that as there was on October 7th. We have a tremendous privilege if the elect are the congressman who represents the area of Riverdale that the school is in is representative uh, Congressman Mitchie Torres. Um, congressman Mitchie Torres is probably the strongest supporter of Israel you have in Congress. He is fighting for Israel. He is um, an ardent, like, you know, Zionist who's not Jewish, loves the Jewish people and really has our back. He, he spoke to our student body in school one day, he wanted to come talk to us. And, you know, he was the kind of thing, you met, every every line, the whole student body like stands up clapping and cheering for him like he's a, like it was a State of the Union address. And he really is a tremendous friend of the Jewish people. And um, we do feel very fortunate for the kids to be inspired by him, to, have, to know that it's not just, you know, our insular Jewish community that's, that's kind of supporting each other. But you do have um, a lot of, like, you know, very important elected officials in Congress and other areas and other forms of government who are supporting us at this time. Obviously, a very uh, impressive speaker. Have there been other speakers that you've brought in, or is it does it disrupt the the order of the day too much? You know, we have not been bringing in speakers from the outside, and we've had Chayalim who are alumni have been delivering video messages to kids. Um, but Congressman Torres was the, I think, the only outside person who we've brought we've brought in so far. So when, when when these people who are who are former teachers or present day teachers, you don't have a whole school assembly, but you allow that you allow that video to be shared in the various classes. Yes and yes. You know we we have it's like so, now, for example in every we're doing some of this stuff live. So we've had in, in when we when we dive in mincha together. So we'll have we carve out a we've carved into the schedule like a bigger time for mincha instead of having the typical fifteen minutes for mincha. We have like thirty five minutes for mincha. You know, I, I mentioned to you a couple of days ago when we were arranging this that it's remarkable to be able to keep up that intensity. Although you know, I'm sure it's waned a little bit, uh, considering how long you know this war is taken. This is an educational move. It's important to think about this. You can't let things peter out so that they uh, sort of fall apart. So we we made the decision. Now we're doing it. We switched this week to Davidi Mincha together, the entire school, one day a week. Because we, I, I didn't think the kids could maintain the intensity, 
uh, after the first couple of weeks. Um, so that's, we've moved that to one, one day per week, but we're doing other things. We've carved into the schedule other times for, um, we showed a video today and had a whole conversation with all the kids about, about the, that, I don't know if you saw, it was very moving. The, you know, there was a, one of the hostages, some newscaster, uh, a, a gentleman who's not, uh, not wearing a kippah on his, uh, on the newscast they, as they're doing, as they're talking about the fact that breaking news, you saw this thing. He, he reaches over to some other guy across the, Table from him, ask if he borrow his kippa, puts a puts a yarmulke on his head, and he's got enough room. He goes, Baruch Atah Hashem, Shem Machos, Alakidim Lachalam Matir Asurim. Wow. By the way, I just want to say something I mentioned today on one of my conversations with uh, Rabbi Pupko on one of our other programs. The spontaneous dancing that occurred in Kiryat Gat, which of course is where my son Nehemi lives, and you could see the dancing in the streets, which includes Haredi, Hasidim. Um, uh, all different types of Jews dancing together over the news that Sal Higia and that this girl was, uh, this this soldier was saved. And I think that's also that's also something I think, especially for SAR students to see. I'm curious what your thought about this. I think it's something that I was thinking, and I, I don't. I'm not proud that I felt this way, but I'll be, be honest. I've also seen a lot of the video, of, like I'm very moved by. You know, a lot of the, all the dancing and the chayalim who are have tremendous emuna, and those who are, you know, the the newly from chayalim or now wearing tzitzis, all that like so deeply moving. I will tell you, when I see some of the video of chayalim about to go into battle, like chanting, like you know, or Hashem Hu Elokim, which I'm sure you've seen. I, I, um, I, I must say, does it feel? I have. I feel like I have to look differently on when you see Muslims chanting "Allahu Akbar." There's no question about it that that the Rebbeinu Shalom has granted the Bnei Yishmael, whether they are the genealogical children or not, a koach that is in the Torah itself. That God listens to them. They have uh, an energy, and it is. It is indicated by the Zohar Kodesh in many places that they have a right and a power and a domination over Makomos Kedoshim through Golis. Um, and there are references in the Rishonim uh, to the various Chatoyim of whether it's Sora, Imenu, uh, or others that have led to the, stat, the state of, of the way the world was uh, seven, eight hundred years ago. And it's still the state. So there's no question about it from a, I think from a, a theological, midrashic perspective, um, there is something powerful about Yishmol. And when Yishmol, in their in their rage, point, pointed to us and declared to the world that we are uh, frauds, that that Israel is a is a is, is a um, sybaratic, um, uh, you know, barbaric, non-religious state that doesn't believe in God, which is what they've said. That the elements that might have been true about that um, rang a bell somewhere, uh, and 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 that's part of what fuels them, um, and it, it's demonic and horrible. But I, I think that is part of what they are tapping into. Uh, it, it, it is a perverted, terrible religiosity, which 
which which is hellish in nature. But I think it's still being yonic from from a, a powerful gift that God has granted them from Yishmol's birth. And and I believe, John, that that our response, especially what you're talking about, is is a tikkun. The fact that so many chayalim want sitzes, they want brochis, they they want the kippa, um, they say Shema Yisrael, it, it is really a way, I think, to to fight, to 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 basically restore the balance. Again, many people will tell you that uh, you know this was this attack was a byproduct of the cancerous uh, period that was occurring over the last six months and that perhaps has been in the fabric of Israeli society for so long. You know, and again, I'm not saying that that's not without merit, but I think the, 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 the achtus, which is upgeret, as we say, but that it's laced with a, a tapping into a religious fervor that is life affirming that is not about yes there's how can someone say allahu akbar and then butcher a child how can someone say god is great and then take a rifle and shoot into porta potties where people are hiding it it, it is a it is a it is a dastardly a perverse sense of what god is but i don't deny that it that that they mean it, <laughs> I don't deny that this is what they they have nursed from their mother's breast with, and I don't deny that they that many of them consider themselves highly religious, and maybe even when they're not butchering people, are are, are prostrating themselves five times uh, to Mecca. So you know, I, it, it 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 is a, a an incredible balance, and I think that's really what you know what's being called for. You know, and, and this really, you know, since we're talking in a theological perspective, has these events shocked and hurt some of your kids? Did have you have you devoted counselors for kids who have questions about how could God let this happen? And I'm going to say even worse because I know SAR uh, in the grand conversation um, does, in a way, allow ideas that sometimes seem antithetical to a standard uh, response, are there some kids there who aren't just towing the party line, who maybe are wondering if there is something to be said about, um, you know, uh, you know, calling for a ceasefire, uh, kids who are, uh, who are crying over uh, the images of Palestinian children? I don't sense that at all. I don't sense, I think that there is a, I think the barbarity of Hamas and the sense that I think very clear-eyed sense that Israel is fighting to uproot Hamas is a distinction that's important. In other words, anybody who might be, you know, even think two-state solution, or you're thinking, you know, Palestinians uh, might want, might be able to be part, partnership piece. Hamas is something that is different. And I think even those who might be lean a little more progressively you know, are not, there's, there's, I am not hearing any sense of, you know, uh, what about this or two sides this. I, I don't sense that at all. I'll tell you though, but again, because things are, again, we are a little more 
I think, try to be a little more nuanced. I, I will share with you a message that we did share with kids that I can imagine is not a message that you'd hear at a lot of places, but it is a message you'd hear by us. The day after the hospital, um, you know, that whole episode that ended up being the Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket that led to, that landed in that hospital parking lot. So after that, so one of the things we spoke about at Mincha was kind of giving a message, which was to say that it is, you know, Islamic Jihad had this rocket that malfunctioned and killed a bunch of people in the hospital. Um, you, the We think the right approach is to be pleased when Israel accomplishes its missions. And if there are babies, civilians, people who are who are killed by Islamic jihad, our reaction should not be total callousness and say it doesn't matter, but you should feel bad and not feel that, oh, they got it coming to them, those babies who got destroyed by Islamic jihad rocket. We can feel and know the justice of Israel's approach here and fight for it and be in, and say it strongly, while at the same time saying, you know, you can give a message, which not everybody would give, which is to say that you shouldn't become so callous to loss of life that you are celebrating or even just don't care at all if children in the hospital are killed by an errant rocket. Yes, Rachamavokol Masov, I think that is that is clear. The the problem, of course, is that it's the slippery slope that the Hamas propagandists are taking advantage of and saying, oh, so you see, do you, you know, again, and therefore the calls for a ceasefire, the calls for Israel to stop its war crimes, because so, you know, again, students in high school age, even the sophisticated ones in SAR might, you know, in a way, find themselves being tugged. But as you say, it hasn't, hasn't happened, happened yet. yet. The, the school, the, the actual teaching, have have the teachers decided, you know, OK, after the first two weeks, okay, we're just I, I have my I have my uh, itinerary of what I'm teaching, my 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 lesson plans. Is everybody going back to lesson plans as usual? Pretty much lesson plans as usual, but punctuated with all the other things going on. So you have the mincha, like the mincha I was talking about. You have you have the videos we're showing today. You have during lunchtime, and and like you know, um, there's letter writing campaigns going on, both to pressure elected officials to be more supportive and thank those who are, who are being supportive. So it's like living large in the in like the during in the cracks between the classes and all that stuff right now, um, and in the general atmosphere in school. But you know, math classes are teaching math. The Gemara Shurim are doing Gemara. Right. They haven't switched to the Sugis and Gitan of Pidgin no, Shvulim. But I'll tell you, we have, listen, there's a, there's a, here, here is a, for instance, every year we have a theme of the year that we try to uh, um, have a lot of programming based around that over the course of the year and right, incorporate a lot of different ways. The theme of this year we had introduced the leader was Koach HaDibor. And we had a lot of different things. We announced, we're announcing tomorrow that we switched the, the we're done with the Koach HaDibor. We'll save that for next year. And we're back. The, the theme of this year is going to be Achdut. I know you say that, you know, there's a, there's a tremendous spirit. And, I, and again, you, you, you sensed it in Eretz Yisrael when you saw those signs, Nenatzeyach Yachtov, um, there was a, uh, not a gung-ho mentality, but a, you, you felt it in the street, I think, even in your, in your, in your short trip. I felt it in my longer trip um, as well. But are there some kids that you're sensing that are reconsidering the gap year now because of this? 
it's hard to tell right now. You know, as the people are, I, I, I've not heard that at all, but I'll tell you, listen, so if, if there's a war going on, um, you know, I think people are nervous about that. I, I don't think people are assuming there's going the, the hostilities are going to continue on through next year. But uh, uh, but I'll tell you, there are we have a number of kids whose parents brought them back after Simchas Torah, back to Chutzlarts, and a bunch of them have gone back to Eretz Yisrael in the past couple of days. And I'll be honest, like I think that there is a, I say on the part of our kids. We have a very high percentage that go learn in Israel after high school, but I would say uh, it feels like there's a there's a re you know invigorated sense of like mission, and I think that even people who may have been, I think the opposite will occur. Even people who may have been a little bit on the on the fence, maybe stayed in America, are going to be like, no, I got to be with I got to be with Amisrael now. Yes, and and to, and to feel and live that way, which is I mean we all know John that that. There's a specialness of of living life in Eretz Yisrael, and I think the community's recognition, I think, of Chutzlarts has 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 been beautiful. You know, it's it, it's been American and Canadian and maybe South American money from donors that has brought. That's what brought those guys back. Um, that's what's been paying for. Uh, the clothing that's what's been paying for the hotel rooms the openness the 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 um, the bankrolling of so much of the chesed it's 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 really it, it, it's marvelous you know mark twain in you know whatever sort of oilum he is in you know is nodding his head and saying they're doing it you know you know as you know one of the things he wrote in that famous essay for the jews was the ability to take care of each other you know I, you know i i, I you know, I saw the the Nitziv, uh in his Hakdama to the Chavetz Chaim's Sefer, Avas Chesed, um, and he came to the Nitziv for Askoma. The Nitziv couldn't resist his uh, inserting into his Haskama to the Chavetz Chaim's Sefer, his Diuk in the Pasuk, which I believe you can find on McDover as well, that Vayosev led us as Ochiv, as Hevel, so the Nitziv says, of course, it's a brother, right? It's it's one woman giving birth to a baby, and she this is the second child. Of course, that is a brother. And Nitziv says, this underscores that human beings are meant to be achim. In other words, this second born human being, not created from God's hands, this now that we have more than one human being that has been born in this natural way it's what makes that birth crucial is it's a it's achva and achva is the essence of all human interactions what has been on such magnificent display was the immediate achva that only i think Yisro unique in the world and i think everybody senses that you know to the point that people dug so deep you know, into their savings, whatever they was, the credit card, just give it. It's amazing. It's amazing the amount of the generosity. I, I don't, I mean, it's just like the sense of connection to Klaus. So people, it's, it's like, it's, you know what it's like? You know, people, you know, you'd spend money on your own vacation because it's your own family. You're going on my own vacation. I'm going to stay at the Waldorf. I'm going to, 
the first class, you do that for yourself. And there's like, this has sort of highlighted the family nature here. And I feel it's like people are spending on tzedakah the way they spend on themselves. Exactly. And I think they, they, even if it means putting off that Pesach event that we're expecting, everybody realizes it. And I think that's something that that's marvelous in the fact that I think, you know, we both learned in Eretz Yisrael, and, and of course, Israelis are are open and vibrant and argumentative, and you know, you, they're great to talk to, whether it's a cab driver or a guy selling falafel, and much more personality than your average, you know, you know, American, especially where you come from from the Midwest. But there's also been a sense, I think, by Israelis that you know, Americans aren't they're like a sugbet. You know what I'm saying? They're sort of like they're sort of like interesting, interesting, you know, uh, bumpkins. I think that the the infusion of so much cash and goodwill, I think, is is giving is opening up the Israelis' eyes to not just you know how much money we get from the USA, which of course is also tremendous and, and incredible, but um, but the fact that they're seeing that we are the Balitzdaka. And maybe even the dyed in the wool tzioinim who say, why is everybody in Chutzlaretz? You know, why, why haven't, why haven't you come? Well, you know why? Because I was running a business here and, and I can now go to my account and take out $8 million and, and, and help you. It's Bechol Maidecha. And really, you know, Bechol Mida Vemida. And, and that is really, you know, Avas Hashem, uh, and Avas Yisroel really coming together. Tell me, John, let's, let's end with this. Uh, you know, what's what's your sense, though? You know, other than we know the Korbonis that, that already are starting to happen, that, are, that it's so tragic, Rabbonim and Rosh Hashivas and, and just regular people who have lost children, um, you know, to this terrible, senseless, uh, you know, battle in terms of in terms of who our enemy is, but of course how necessary it is, senseless, and the fact that you know that we have such a such a such a terrible terrible snake that needs to be upwritten. What what's your sense, John? Are you, uh, you know, I know you, as a as a teacher and as a principal, you are buoyed by the good feelings of all the kids around you. But what's what's your sense of the situation? I mean, my my, my natural disposition is one of optimism and. Uh... And um, you know more, you know, kind of sunny, more more of a sunny disposition. I, you know, I'm just, I am, I'm worried. You know, I, I you know, you're going to hear every day this slow, you know, news of ten chayalim are going to be killed here, and fifteen are going to be killed here, and then each one of those is somebody who, you know, has a family, is part of our family. I, I be, I'm. I'm I I wish I knew what was going to happen. I'm just feel confident in the morality of the battle. Um, I feel it's inevitable. Unfortunately, that there are going to be a lot of chayalim who are going to get killed in this waging this you know important battle for the safety of the future of the Jewish people. And you know it's 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 tragic that they're going to be korbanos, but they really are going to be korbanos, and it's going to be you have to mourn each one individually. And I wish I have, I wish I wish I thought it would end without the korbanos, but I you know I just don't think it's realistic. You know, I'll tell you, within a day or two of the war, my grandchildren and Eretz Yisrael began the ones that were able to read and 
and understand, they began davening the boys for Chayalim that shared their name. And you know, I have a, a grandson, Yonatan, and a grandson, Ido, and it, it was it was already available, you know, online, the names of soldiers that have been called up that you can daven for. And, you know, they, they are living in Ramat Beit Shemesh Gimel, which is quite a Haredi bastion. And every single day they they say Tehillim with their mother and they daven for the soldier that represents them. And again, I think that that really should be the case. Really, maybe you could mention to Binny about that as well. I think that there is a, just like as we know, the you know, the same way, you know, the soldiers themselves is almost too big to comprehend. I think, you know, being connected to to that one GI, as it was, that, that one person, I think that could give the kids, you know, their connection. Uh, of course, it's, you know, it's the type of thing that who knows what will happen, as you say. And, and maybe that's uh, the, the lesson we have to learn. But, you know, I, I think if everybody from the child's perspective on sees in the mirror, not just their own face reflected, but the face of someone in those cockies, someone in those, in, in the green of Eretz Yisrael, I think that's something that, uh, that, you know, it's, it's, it's not only humanizes it, but I think it also, you know, invests us and allows our, our tefillahs to be, to be something. Like, like I said, I think, I think, you know, you know, we have people who speak about the 1967 war. I was just seven years old, uh, 73 war. Hopefully it'll be over, but I think the lasting memories of what your, what your students have been through, I think that is something that they can have a legacy with, you know, a, a legacy of, of what it meant to be part of Claudius Yisrael. And that, I think, is something that can give them strength for a very long time. So, John, let's hope for good things. I hope you'll be back on our program soon. Very good. All the best. Be well, John. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.